Okay, Albert, let me ask you this question. <coughs> sure, shoot. Was there a comic event or issue or series that, when it started, made you go, this is going to be something special before anyone else thought it was amazing? You know, just something where you hopped on the gravy train before everybody else. Oh, man. Foof. That is a interesting question. Um, so I'll be perfectly honest when I say that <clears throat> in regards to where my tastes lie <clears throat> relative to your average comics fan. And I will admit that the average comics fan just exists in far larger and more sheer numbers than, you know, just me and my opinion. Yeah. So I don't see myself as exhibiting or existing in the same space as, or the same mental space as your average fanboy or comics fan so it's hard for me to say that i looked at age of apocalypse and was like this is gonna be the thing <laughs> whereas those guys again just due to sheer sheer numbers and sheer um spending power were able to direct the market in that direction right so um i will say i don't even know if this is necessarily fair though um i did jump on the ultimates mm -hmm. but i don't necessarily think that's fair because by that point by the time the ultimates came out the ultimate line in uh, marvel comics so if you don't know the ultimate line was uh this brief or not brief it wasn't brief at all it was an initiative in marvel comics where they wanted to relaunch all the well-known marvel titles to modern audiences uh so that they could recognize um, all of the titles that you know, but in a modern context. So it's Spider-Man if he was born today. It's the X-Men, but what they'd be like if they were living today. You yeah, know? without all that 40, 50 years of baggage and yeah, continuity exactly, tying them down. Exactly. So by this point, the Ultimate line had already been out, and that was already like a huge success, but they announced the Ultimates, and I did look at that, and in, in large part, <clears throat> I will admit that it had to do with Mark Miller, Millar, who was... Miller. Miller, who was <laughs> killing it already on um, from his run on The Authority. He had already made a pretty big impression. So yeah. when they announced him on The and he, Ultimates... And he also did uh, Ultimate X-Men. Oh, yeah, that's true. He he did Ultimate X-Men. So when they had announced him as the writer for, you know... The Ultimates. Which was basically the Ultimate Avengers. We yeah. talked about it way back in our first episode, I believe. Yes, exactly. Go check it out. Yep. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, it's hard for me to say that there wasn't already a uh, buzz behind it, but I did, you know, I did, I was an early supporter of it, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll have to think some more to see if there was anything that I was truly ahead of the curve on. Yeah. 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 And what about you, Drew? Um, this was kind of a tough question for me, too. Uh, the, the thing that I thought of was The Walking Dead. Ooh. Um, I didn't jump on it when the first issue dropped, but I I jumped on it when the first trade paperback dropped. Uh, I kind of regret not buying that first issue, because <laughs> that, yeah. that comic is actually one of the modern comics that's quite valuable. Yeah. Um, but... I believe it. Yeah, obviously, at the time, uh, <laughs> there was some buzz around it. Uh, it obviously sold out, yeah. um, but 
because of what's been going on the past 10 years or so. I don't even know. When did the show come out? Has it been 10? might have been less than 10. It might be... I think they're on, like, season 8, maybe oh, yeah, So, like, 8 or 9 years ago yeah. when the show came out and it started becoming this pop culture phenomenon. Yeah. Like, I was definitely into The Walking Dead before it was cool. Yeah, that's fair. And... The I guess, TV show just made it yeah exponentially <clears throat> exactly. explode. So exactly, it got super big because you know more people watch TV than yeah. read comics. However, I gotta admit I'm pretty far behind on the comic now. I yeah. think I don't know if it's because it's just been going on so long and there's no real ending in sight. Mm. It it's it's hard to really maintain. It's hard to keep going momentum <laughs> and interest. Yeah. yeah, like I I can't just keep collecting something and reading something if. If it doesn't have an ending, yeah. like I, I don't know. I, I like it. It's not like I don't like it anymore. But yeah. there's other things that that you know get in my way that I want to read, and I know I'll get closure from them or something. You know, Plus, that, it's just hard to collect. It's hard to keep that, up. Yeah, uh, it's hard to keep up. So massive. Yeah, you know? like he could theoretically do like a thousand issues at some point. Yeah. You know, and I I find it daunting to think that i'm gonna have a thousand issues or even worse in my case since i'm collecting them in hardcover editions like hundreds of those hardcover editions yeah you know? like when i think about it i'm like as much as i love comics i don't want that <laughs> <laughs> they take up so much space yeah you know? i but. think i'm because i've been collecting the trade paperbacks ever since yeah. that first one came out and I, I think at this point i'm already at least eight or ten behind so yeah. i've i would have a lot of catching up to do yeah. and knowing our buying habits we only buy stuff when we can find a really good deal yeah. so i need Although to find to them be, for cheap yeah but to be fair we find cheap like they've oversaturated walking dead so much that it's not super hard to find cheap yeah, walking dead that stuff. can work to our advantage it's yeah. definitely easier to find a lot of cheap copies of the earlier volumes yeah once you get to the 20 somethings or the 30s yeah since they're a little more recent, it's a little bit tougher, I've noticed. Yeah. But I do feel good knowing that I think after that first volume, I don't think I ever paid full price for <laughs> a volume of that. I've always been able to find them for cheap. Yeah. I I was reading your copies of those, and then I ended up buying all the hardcovers on sale for like probably anywhere between 60 to 80% off. Yeah. So That's really good. Yeah, so I'm I'm in a pretty good place there, but again, like I don't know if I really want to see myself down the road with 100 of those things, you know? Yeah. It's just I don't want that. <laughs> well, you, you never know, man. Yeah. Perhaps if you continue collecting them decades down the line when you're a lot older and your mind starts getting addled, Maybe the familiarity of The Walking Dead will keep you sane. It'll help you yeah. remember who you were. It'll be the one thing that you can... Like, somebody somebody gives you a Walking Dead comic and suddenly you're coherent. Yeah. And you know where you are. You know your name. It could be like You know what notebook. year it is. Yeah. And, yeah, and then, and you know, like, they take it away and, and you're just another yeah. crazy guy in the convalescent home. That's true. Okay. That's... Well, I mean, my, my that's better than my solution was... My solution was... We could murder Robert Kirkman. Just to get him to stop. <laughs> <laughs> How's that for an ending? <laughs> <laughs> you like that? <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm uncomfortable. I, 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 
hope he doesn't hear this or take this seriously or take it out of context. Mr. Kirkman, I'm joking. I have the greatest amount of respect for you. I would never hurt you. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Walking Dead is something I feel I can say I was into Walking Dead before it was cool. Okay, nice. That's that's a good pick, man. Because in context, that's... That's a pretty huge leap from obscurity to just yeah mass appeal. Yeah, because I yeah. think generally speaking, a lot of the things that I like, and I probably I think I could say that a lot of the things both of us like, yeah. we tend to like stuff that is, it you know it gets critical acclaim, respect, experts who are really into comics appreciate and understand the the really strong craft of the works. But they're not always the things that appeal to the masses, right? So that's true. It's 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 that's not necessarily true, something where you're gonna have the the whole public be like, oh yeah, that's that's so awesome. We all gotta jump on yeah. that uh, train now and get on the hype train, because you know I, I think about stuff that that we like, uh, and it, it's it's stuff that is good for sure, but yeah. it's not necessarily popular. It might get canceled oh, yeah. prematurely because Definitely. of low sales, and then. Maybe years later, somebody comes back and and says, "Hey, you know that series that got canceled? That was actually a really good comic. Yeah, can't believe it got canceled. But it's not like they were buying it at the time, you know? Yeah. Like I think about Wildcats version 3.0 and Joe Casey and Dustin Nguyen. Yeah. That that was a really good comic that got canceled way before its time. And I think stuff like that, in retrospect, like years later, people look back on it and and they're like oh yeah that was actually a good comic like really ahead of its time but yeah, yeah. unfortunately they weren't able to complete their story because low sales did them in yeah well i think this is a good point for me to drop a bit of comics news uh that we discussed so like another example uh and this is a comic that was on our list of top 25 marvels of all times but ecstatics mm-hmm. is another great example of something that got a lot of critical acclaim but i don't know if it got, like, if it made a lot of money, but it, it, it did well enough to keep going and to even get, like, a reboot. Yeah. And in recent comics news, it was just announced that the team that was working on that comic, they've come back to it. They're yeah. they're launching the series again. Yeah. So, clearly, like, the people who are, you know, running things at... Not, not necessarily the people who are running things at Marvel, but on the creative side who are running things at Marvel have a great appreciation... An understanding of like the value of Peter Milligan and Mike Allred's work. Yeah. So uh, for them to get these guys years later and say, "We're gonna give you another. Ch- we're, we're gonna. We want to revisit that series, that world, and we're gonna let you do it." Yeah. You know? At the very least, uh, they give them a one shot. I think. I think they they've yeah. got a giant size special coming out this summer. Yeah. Uh, and even some of the characters that they created, right? Yeah. Like Dupe. Yeah. Dupe is he's still popular. in circulation. Well, yeah. well I don't know I don't if he's know, popular, popular, but. but I know other creators have affection yeah, for yeah, the character. Yeah. Jason so they, Aaron likes him. Yeah, Jason Aaron throws dupe in in his comics. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think the people that are... The other creative people who, yeah. who work for these companies, they yeah. have appreciation for a lot of the stuff that we enjoy. But the masses, yeah. the you know, the general public, the mouth breathers of the world, <laughs> they don't necessarily understand or recognize what is good. So... Most of the things that we're really into early never really take off into big yeah. 
popular things. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. The other uh, thought that I was having was, um, I can think of opposite situations where something came out and I was like, "Oh my god, they're gonna eat this stuff up!" But, <laughs> like, I know in my heart I'm gonna hate it. Oh, that's easy to predict. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it well, just, let's hear it's some just, names anyway. Uh, let's see. Um, let's. Well, like Venom, like the recent Venom relaunch. Yeah. Like I, like when I heard about that, I was like, I I can see this being something that is gonna be popular with people. Yeah. And but to be fair, I haven't read it. But on the other hand, you don't have any interest in reading it. The synopses that I've read of it have hasn't been anything that has wowed me in any or or. It hasn't been anything that has driven me to go read or want to read yeah. about it anymore uh, or more than than the amount of interest that I already have for it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, what oh, about- the, the other, the, this was the one that I was thinking about, but X-23. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, when they created her, I was like, ugh, people are going to like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so X-23 is essentially... A girl who's turn who's revealed to be a clone of Wolverine. So, the I, I as far as my understanding goes, the or at least in my heart, I feel that its appeal is oh, it's it's Wolverine, but it's a girl, and to a lot of people, that's enough to make her cool. Yeah. And then there's so. In the series, she's like a teenage girl or something, maybe even a preteen. But I, I do think that the way comics works, there's a there's a segment of the co- uh, of the comics collecting or comics reading population who would be into that for perhaps more salacious reasons, and <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's like the idea of dude, it's a Wolverine chick that's hot or something like that and it's just i'm not uh you hear me mouth breather mike whoever you are wherever you are out there you know who i'm talking to you know what you are (laughs) know this i despise you (laughs) know this from the bottom of my heart Sounds like Albert's laughing, but he's really uh, angry. I can tell. <laughs> I'm shaking. <laughs> I am shaking. Whenever Albert's really mad, he starts laughing really hard. <laughs> I'm just frothing at the mouth and trembling with anger. He's getting drool all over the microphone. <laughs> but I, I do think that uh, X-23 has taken off in such a way that we'll never be able to escape her. They did an adaptation of the character and. Logan, the yeah. movie. And a lot of people who aren't into comics saw that. They kind of had the same idea. Because they were, like, I remember talking to a, a friend of mine, and he's not particularly into comics. Uh, I don't think he was into comics at all, but he watched the movie and he was just like, that chick was so badass. And she was like, he thought that he liked the fight scenes basically, and he just thought it was really cool that she was just this little savage warrior. And, like, that's fine, I guess. Whatever. Well, how do you feel about Honey Badger? Uh, I mean, that's just another indicator that the comics <laughs> industry is just eating itself. You know, like, you know, if you need 
to point to something that says, oh, this is just them running out of ideas and just regurgitating, like, what they think is popular, just at, to such a degree that they're just gonna beat this horse well beyond its death, but to a point where they're just punching pulp. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. essentially what it is. Makes sense. I can <laughs> yeah. see that. I think the other uh, side of the question, though, is there <coughs> There have definitely been times when there was something that I was into, or at least something I, I appreciated and enjoyed, but once it became popular to a certain extent, yeah. I, I started to distance myself from it. Yeah. Like, I think about Squirrel Girl. Yeah. And I remember when I was a kid, I discovered Squirrel Girl in this Marvel anthology. Yeah. It was the story uh, by, I think it was by her creators, Steve Ditko, yeah. and I think the guy's other guy's name was Will Murray. Yeah. And I think it was the, I'm pretty sure that was the, the story they did where she ends up fighting Doctor Doom in Central Park or something. Yeah. And like Iron Man is there, but Doctor Doom is basically handing it to Iron Man and Squirrel Girl somehow gets in there and she's able to use her quirky powers to help Iron Man beat Doctor Doom. And, hey, I was a kid when I read it. I enjoyed it. And I remember having fondness for it. Yeah. Even just as, like, a simple superhero story that wasn't anything... It it was pretty different from the stuff that was going on at the time because at that time, characters were trying to get more serious or or grim and dark and whatnot. So this is more lighthearted fare. This was definitely more lighthearted fare. I mean, it was a story where this teenage girl who has squirrel buck teeth calls down an army of squirrels to jump on Dr. Doom and they really mess him up. Yeah. And it's hard for me to, like, logically speaking, I don't really believe that Dr. Yeah, Doom yeah, yeah. can get defeated by a group of an squirrels. Army of squirrels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it was a story that I, I would read and reread over and over. Yeah. Then flash forward to, uh, I don't know, early 2000s. She starts making small comebacks here and there. Like, you see little yeah. snippets of her um, p- popping up. And, you know, they're always making jokes about how she's able to defeat these powerful villains because of yeah. that story, right? She beat yeah. Doctor Doom, and then there was a whole thing where she beat Thanos in a one-on-one battle. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, even a few years ago when the unbeatable Squirrel Girl launched, that kind of, like, really shot up her popularity. Yeah. She's popular... Well... I mean, I want to say that it's for kids, but I also feel like there's a lot of I think hipster adults like, like it. it. Yeah. yeah, so that's not it, it's something particularly that, something that I yeah. am too fond of. Yeah, yeah. The art's nice though. Art's nice. I just it, don't I like particularly think art. it's funny. Yeah. For for a humor book, it, yeah. it doesn't really make me smile or anything like that. Yeah, it's it's got sort of hipster humor, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I don't think I, I I really have to think about it, but I don't know if there's anything I feel like necessarily to that degree of disdain, but, um, I guess Rocket Raccoon to some (laughs) degree is... You were into Rocket before he was cool. Um, I mean, I'm not even going to say that. Like, I I enjoyed the idea of Rocket Raccoon. He was a concept that made me chuckle because... You know, he was a cute little animal that, you know, was kind of a tough guy. Yeah. Sure. Okay. But um, I never went out of my way to buy anything of his or, you know, I was never a huge proponent of Rocket Raccoon. So, I, I actually, I'm, I'm, I think it's fair to say that the stuff that I like now 
is probably more obscure than it's ever been. Um, well, not true. Moon Knight. I was I was into Moon Knight. Oh, well, that might be an example of something that I liked before it got semi-big. I mean, like, I don't know if it's big now, but, um, like, when they re-announced that they were relaunching Moon Knight, what, ten years ago? Maybe more? Which relaunch are you Charlie Houston. Yeah, that must have been around 2005 or six, I think. Yeah. So, this was a period where Moon Knight didn't have anything for a really long time, and uh, when they said that, oh, Charlie Houston's going to be doing it. And, and David uh, Finch. David Finch. I was really popular at the time. Yeah. I mean, I was into it just because it was Moon Knight. So um, he's not super popular now, but they keep putting him in books. They're keeping him alive. So that's something. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. I think another thing that I jumped on pretty early was uh, Brian Michael Bendis on New Avengers. Yeah. Because... I mean, obviously, at the time, his he wasn't like some unknown writer or anything. Yeah, but, but that was like his first mainstream superhero stuff. No, he did Daredevil. Remember? Well, okay, well, let me rephrase that. I mean, like, it was more like I know Spider-Man. he did Daredevil, Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. I was gonna. I meant like more superhero, superhero, because his traditional. Daredevil, yeah, because his Daredevil was more. Well, Ultimate Spider-Man was fairly traditional yeah. too. But when you said Ultimate Spider-Man, I was like, yeah, actually. You can't really get yeah. much more mainstream than Spider-Man. Yeah. But I think with uh with Avengers that was different because number one. I think because Ultimate Spider-Man was an ultimate comic, yeah. people didn't look at it as quote unquote real. Real. <laughs> yeah. Because you know how how these dumb comic book fans are, you know. Yeah. They they think that comic books are they're reading like official authorized biographies of yeah. their favorite people or something. Yeah. So if something is an alternate continuity, it's just a fake story, but yeah. they don't realize that it's every like, story is an imaginary story. Yeah. You that know? doesn't count yeah. because He's not the real spoiler. Yeah, exactly. And I just want to tell him to shut up. Yeah. You hear that, mouth breather Mike? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, when when Bendis came on to Avengers, people were surprised because they thought of him as more of a crime book writer. Daredevil was more of a crime comic than a superhero comic, really. They'd never really seen him do like a mainstream, straightforward superhero kind of comic. Yeah. So when he did came on Avengers with his Avengers Disassemble story, I was pretty into that. Like I would, I was buying that right when it came off, came out nice. uh, fresh off the racks. Nice. And just trying to figure out, you know, it was it was like that time where the internet was starting to take off, but we were still trying to figure out. Like there weren't as many spoilers, but you could go on the internet and go on forums and and talk to people about what you thought was going to happen. Yeah. So once that comic came out and then new avengers came out and it ended up being he took the avengers from being one of the b-list marvel titles and and making it their top tier title you know like that that's pretty impressive work because clearly people ended up gravitating towards it and his run ended up being what 10 years or so a pretty long run a really long run it was really huge run yeah well all right 